1: The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named super agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of REMAX Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together, they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide, top 10 in the state of Minnesota, and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the real estate radio hour.
2: And good morning, welcome to this edition of the real estate show here on A three O WCCO. I see Andy. Yeah, good morning. And I see two Chris's, and we're just joking. Uh, our Chris is gone. It takes two Chris's to make up. For we taped our, them together,
3: guy. Denny, so, so that they're bookends,
2: kind of. Well, why don't we do a proper uh, introduction in just a minute? But I, uh, since this our Chris is gone for the day. Yep. Uh, how did your week go in real estate?
3: You know, actually the uh the week was very good. We saw a lot of our our inventory that we had listed um get offers. We had uh you know kind of a more of a traditional um January week I would say, but it was still active. I was seeing lots of showings um and what's interesting is usually you'll see, you know, one, two, three showings on a property, but you know, sometimes as many as 10 before you'll see an offer. Now you're seeing one or two showings and the offer comes in. As long as you price them right and you yeah. uh, have a nice, uh, as I call, you know, uh, key ready, you know, yeah. uh, property. So,
2: but you get your uh, clients hip to that whole thing. I mean, you 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 have conversations so they're ready.
3: You're yeah, get, ready and they're ready. Prepare. I mean, you don't you yeah. don't want, obviously you don't want to just throw your house on the market and right. cross your fingers and guess. So you you're hiring professionals and then. A lot of times, you know, uh, Chris and I both are in a position of where we like to surround ourselves with people that are smarter than us, you know, better with the decorating and the staging and the, you know, prepping of the, the properties to get them ready for sale. And then um, you, you put yourself in a position of where you're going to win the game. I mean, why would you go into a, a, in a situation like that not to win, you know? Of course,
2: yeah. So uh, Let me, yeah, before you introduce your guests, uh, give our phone number and the text number, folks, and join in on the conversation. If you have a real estate question, 651 651- 989 9226 or send us a text 81807. You brought a couple of familiar faces with you. Well,
3: tonight. we're going to start with one of the Chris's, Chris Galler here with the uh, Minnesota Realtors Association. And we are always excited when we bring this guy in because his base of knowledge in our industry is so deep. And um, so, Chris, what, you know, I thought we'd bring you in today. Uh, first of all, good morning. Good morning. Great yeah. to be here again. Yeah. Yeah. He was playing tennis, Denny, before the, uh, oh. this guy's active and active. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Athletic and, uh, on the, uh, real estate network. But, uh, anyway, coming in this morning, we thought about let's, you know, kind of look at what we had last year a little bit, kind of the consumer listening. You know, I mean, we all thought it was, was it a good year or wasn't it? Cause I think a lot of times with the, with the way the media hits us so fast and so frequently, at the end of the year, you kind of go, was it a good year or was it not a good year? And I, I, would you it highlight?
4: A, it was a great year, Andy. Uh, overall, could it have been a much better year if we would have had inventory? Inventory is really hurting the marketplace right now. We have lots of buyers. Some of those buyers are sellers that are a little leery to move until they can actually find a house that they would move in to. But right now, inventory has really held back the market, but we mm-hmm. had a... Overall sales gain more closed sales than we did the year before. We saw prices go up, prices especially because of the lack of inventory out there. So mm-hmm. it was a good year. It was a good year statewide, but it was especially good in St. Cloud, Twin Cities, and the Rochester
3: Yeah, area. I was reading that. They actually had some ridiculously successful numbers in St. Cloud this year, yeah. which is exciting. I mean, it's nice to see that happen outside of the – You know, I always think of the heartbeat of the real estate market being the Twin Cities sure. Metro. And, and sometimes that's not the case. I mean, no. I, I think we're sprawling throughout the state now. There's good job market up there. There's all kinds of exciting things happening, good health care, um, you know, good jobs.
4: We're seeing St. Cloud especially lag the Twin Cities this time because they were out front when we had the recession, the housing recession back in 08. They had a lot of new construction in the ground. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened to a lot of the new construction for the midsize and small builders and developers they just couldn't handle it like the big guys could, and because they had a lot of lots left, it took them a little longer to come back online. But they're back online and they're strong. They've got, a, as you said, strong economic base, and they've got a good college town. So the college is a very significant contributor to that economy.
3: Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, you know, and I think that that as we look at like you talk about the pockets of inventory that were probably a little softer, and and maybe talk a little bit. Can you get in a little bit more detail about that? Like which sure. where do you see the needs? The
4: biggest need right now is in a home between 250 and 350 that would be a single-level property, uh, especially new construction, twin homes, uh, townhomes, or those new, I forget what you guys call them, patio homes kind of where there's yep. a little bit of space in between them, but they have a, a, an association to take care of the work. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that with young people because a lot of them aren't having kids right away, or if they are, that's a good starter price range for them because they get a lot of the accessories that – you see that they're interested in, mm-hmm. and then the second is we got a lot of move down. We got all these baby boomers out there that have two stories, and they're sitting on those two stories. They know they don't want to climb stairs as they get older, but mm-hmm. they go out and look, and they don't find the inventory that they're looking for. And I'm right. sure you've run into it a number of times where they say, "Yeah, we want to downsize from our 3,000 square foot two story to a 2,800 square foot single level." <laughs> and it's really hard to find the price point that allows you to downsize when you're only reducing a 200 square feet, and you want brand new.
3: Well, even when we get into the, as they call the patio or the slab on grade, where there's just the one level, um, it's almost impossible now. And I'm not saying it isn't. Trust me, we can do it. But it's almost impossible to get under 300,000. And a lot of people will come in and say, well, this is only a two bedroom, two bath, two car garage house. And, you know, it's okay. Right. But it's not what I'm looking for. By the time that buyer finds what they want, it's closer to 400 yeah. They add that extra bedroom, or they put the loft upstairs, or maybe they want storage you know, above their garage. They put storage trusses in, Denny, so they have sure. that, where they don't have the basement. Now they still have a place to put the Christmas trees or the holiday decorations um, when they're not in season. Um, and then a lot of the the uh, couples I meet also want a hobby room. Right. So if it's you know for scrapbooking or crafting, or if it's for actual woodworking, and, and what's funny to me is I always said, oh, that has to be out in the garage. Not necessarily. A lot of people are moving those into the basement, so they have that unfinished basement, and they're using that lower level as their hobby rooms. And Sure. You know, so it's been kind of fun to see. Like we were talking about this. Multi-generational was one other thing, Chris that I think you and I have talked about the last time we came on. Danny, that's just getting – it's exploding. It's getting right. bigger and bigger. And Does uh, that
2: surprise you at all? Would you have predicted that?
3: You know, uh, if I was – Five years back, I would have said probably not. Yeah, but you know, I've always worked in in areas where you know you've got the different cultures that are you know you, you're bringing cultures from all over the world. That's where I've sold true. Houses, and that's it's very commonplace in other communities. In in our uh, mom and dad live in their own place, the kids live in their own place. Everybody has their own houses, and then you retire, you go to the the old folks' home, and it's other cultures don't do that. They bring mom and dad in and live with the children, and, and they grow together, and it's it's kind of a neat concept actually. It's yeah. Be a lot better, I think, if you're you know
4: well, and we're seeing it a lot because children are moving home also later in their lives, so you mm-hmm. know for most That's of the generation true. of us that are speaking here today, um, we hit eighteen or got out of college, and there wasn't a big thought about, boy, I want to go live at home, you want to go right. live on yeah, <laughs> if they'd right. let you live with them. And, <laughs> and now and now they are coming back for a few years while they get yep. settled and, and established. Plus, parents are living longer, and as their health concerns get to be more of a worry, they're bringing them in as well. And then you've got daycare issues and a number of different things. College so,
3: loans, college oh, yeah. loans. Yeah, yep. that's the one thing that I still, uh, you know, that it, it. Well, I mean, God bless us all, but I mean, you go to a state college here; it's it's not a big deal to have a hundred grand when you graduate from a four year degree. And think about that when when I, I mean, not that long ago, when, you know, back in school it was you were getting out of college for under twenty five thousand total. I mean, it was. That was all wrapped in room and board, the whole thing, and you could actually affordably pay that off in four or five years. That's a mortgage for a kid nowadays, you know, and it's oh, yeah. obviously a concern.
4: I'm old enough to remember 10 grand. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, we could do. We yeah, could tie up your,
3: yeah, Chris, tie your host up <laughs> over here. Yeah. And we'll, uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what a change. I tell you what, guys, let's do this. Uh, it's, it's just about time for a break anyway. Let's take that usual break. And again, invite our listeners to join in on the conversation. If you do have a uh, real estate question, by all means, uh, 651-989-9226. You can call right now, 651-989-9226. Or if it's easier, send a text, 81807, 81807. Welcome to Play It,
3: a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
2: And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on A3OWCCO. If you uh, would like to ask a question, 651 989 9226 or uh, send a text 81807. You know, we're getting uh, tax questions. Really? On the uh, text line. Okay. So uh, for those just joining us, Andy, Chris, and Chris are here filling in for Chris. Yep. And uh, (laughs) we've got – well, you guys chat for a while. I'm going to sort through this.
3: Yeah, why don't you read through those, get them ready to go. And uh, Chris Galler and I are – here. actually, Chris is here from the Minnesota Realtors Association. And we were just talking a little bit about what happened last year, what the market looked like. And then um, you guys were battling a big battle – Um, you know, with with this new tax codes and changes that were coming our way, there was some scary things that we thought we wanted to protect our customers. And and can you enlighten us a little bit about that? Sure,
4: sure. The Realtors Association uh, at the national, state, and local level one of their major functions is legislative, and it's looking out for the rights of homeowners because it's very difficult to get them all together and to focus on legislation. And when the new federal tax bill came out, there were a number of ent- uh, pieces in it that were just negative for real estate. One was reducing the mortgage interest deduction down to 500000 mm-hmm. which, again, most people don't think that's a problem because their home isn't worth that, but... Homes are going to change in value as time goes. We've already seen that occur. We right. know that the median home median price for a new construction home in the Twin Cities is $403,000. So we're not far from that $500,000. We know that second homes are a huge marketplace in Minnesota for not only Minnesotans, but also people outside of Minnesota that want to take advantage of the lakes. They were going to get rid of that altogether. Right now, there's the ability to hold on to a home for five years. And if mm-hmm. you lived in it for two, you can sell it and keep the gains without having to pay capital gains. They were going to change that, and they were going to change it so that you'd have to be in the home eight years and live in it five of the eight years, which slows down the ability to get inventory back on the market because Mm -hmm. part of the advantage we've had is going through the recession, people could buy some of the dilapidated foreclosed homes, go in there, fix them up, get them ready to sell back on the market to add to inventory. This was going to slow the inventory down. So there were a bunch of small details like that in the bill that we worked on. And we got a lot of them changed. We got second homes to be deductible. We got the mortgage interest up to 750, which will help us tremendously in the state of Minnesota and really focused on those kinds of issues. So that's what the Realtor Association and that's what the Realtor Dues Dollars do to protect homeowners in the marketplace.
3: And that's an interesting thing, too. And I think a lot of the listeners that are out there, maybe that aren't familiar, when we even say the name Realtor, I mean, what does that mean?
4: Well, there's uh, it's a private trade association. We've got 20,000 members in the state right now, uh, plus affiliates and other organizations. And we represent all of the people that are selling real estate day in and day out to try and make transactions and make it easier for home buyers and sellers to get together to handle, as you know, the complicated paperwork. Mm-hmm. I right? mean, I got in. I was in the business in the '80s and we were one page purchase agreements back yeah. there and it was eight and a half by eleven today to get by with less than twenty or twenty five pages is is yeah. unbelievable. And so the business has changed dramatically and the amount of knowledge that you have to have in the field day to day to try and answer the questions that people have and the concerns. That's what we work on. So we work on legislative things. We work on information to make sure that agents have it accessible if they need it.
3: Well, and there's also the code of ethics, which yeah. I think is a really important topic to talk about because when you're out there and you say – Okay, I'm licensed to sell real estate in the state of Minnesota. I do not have to agree to and or comply by the the you know association's rules. Can you t- briefly hit? I know it's kind of a a big no. topic, but yeah. what what is that and what does that stand for for a consumer shopping? Sure.
4: Back in the back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, actually Minneapolis was the key that the word realtor came from the Minneapolis area association back then, and. There was a lot of people in the marketplace that were selling real estate. They just had licenses, or in fact, in those days, they didn't even have licenses. They just said, I know how to help you, and they were <laughs> taking advantage of people. And a group of uh, honest lic- honest people got together and said, we're going to form a trade association and make sure that we abide by this code of ethics. And right. we actually lobbied in the 1940s, nineteen forty eight. To get a real estate license in the state of Minnesota because we felt that there wasn't enough um, laws and places and things like that to protect consumers. Mm-hmm. So we put that in place. And now there's a code of ethics. There's 18 different articles of it. We do all of the enforcement in the state, meaning that we monitor the hearings and make sure that any disputes that consumers have or even agents have with other agents are handled so that we have as high a professional.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a cooperation can. effort, too, you Danny. Bet. I mean, we're, we're trying to get real estate agents to to work together ethically, take care of the consumer and the consumer's best interests. And having that where the association for, I mean, if you think about before they were around, it was like the Wild West. I sure. mean, it was, hey, Terrible. you want to buy a house? I'll sell you a house. And there wasn't a clear deed on it. Or there was, right. I mean, it was it was the probably Swampland. Swamp land. You got it. Yeah. So And I, there was some story about, the, I think, the Canadian Association of Realtors, too, helping with that uh, back yep. in the day with Minnesota and forming the, the association, but that, that's a whole nother show, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but what we did want to talk about is the, the thank you to the association, and, and that's why we brought you guys here too to not only thank you guys for helping us as consumers to, to fight through that, but we also brought in Chris Mahold here, and, and we're with MFK and Associates. From an accountant's perspective, tell us a little bit about what these guys did and how they per, you know, helped protect the consumer's uh, you know, homeownership rights.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, so what happened with the tax bill, was that um, they they ended up keeping the, the limitation for mortgage interest that you can have a mortgage up to $750,000 and still deduct the interest on that loan. And so that goes gets lumped in with your other itemized deductions. Also included in the bill was they added in real estate taxes to the deduction for state and local income tax deduction. So combined under the new tax bill, you can deduct up to $10,000 combined of state income tax and real estate taxes as an itemized deduction on your tax return. On your federal. On your federal. And it, it flows through to the individual because Minnesota takes the federal taxable income and goes from there. So, so it helps with both federal and state tax. Now, on the flip side was they increased the standard deduction for a married couple up to $24,000 for 2018 um, from about a little over $12,000 so what, what ends up happening with a bunch of taxpayers is they won't itemize their deductions anymore. They'll mm-hmm. use the standard deduction because what you do when you do your taxes is you kind of throw all of your itemized deductions into a bucket and you see, okay, am I going to get over the standard deduction amount? The standard deduction amount, you know, in the past was a little over $12,000. Uh, up your, your mortgage interest, real estate taxes, state income tax, charitable contributions, all of those things say, okay, am I over $12,000? If I am all itemize. otherwise I'll take the ta- take the standard deduction. Going forward, what you're going to do is you're going to do the same thing: take all of your itemized deductions, put them together, and see what you come up with, and compare it to the standard deduction of twenty four thousand dollars. And so whichever one is higher is really what you're going to deduct going forward. Mm. So, so it, you know we still have the deduction for mortgage interest with that, um, real estate tax, um, some state tax, charity, um, but what is going to happen is a lot of people, the $24,000 standard deduction is going to be greater than their itemized deductions with their returns going forward. Hmm.
3: It's an interesting spin.
2: All right. I tell you what, we've got another half hour of the show to go. If you want to get involved, ask your real estate question by phone or by text. 651-989-9226. Send a text if that's easier. 81807. And welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on A3OWCCO. You call, your text messages for uh, our folks here in the studio. As always, you drive the show. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. I want to go back to the phones in a moment, guys, Mm -hmm. but there was a text that came in earlier. Maybe uh, we can uh, help. Here it is here because we have another or two added. Uh, I ran a small business out of my home and took tax deductions for the percent of space used for the business. Now, when selling, is there a tax recapture for the deductions claimed? Can we answer that? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll take a crack at having. it.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, so what happens when you have a office in your home, you can, the IRS allows you to deduct, like the caller said, a percent of the home that is used exclusively for business. Um, so if I use 5% of my home for my home office, I can deduct, Five percent of certain expenses. I can also depreciate my home and take five percent of the depreciation as a deduction each year. So, what happens when I sell the home? Any depreciation I've deducted in the past comes back as income when I sell the home. Mm-hmm. So, so when you sell your home, there will be some income you'd, you'd have to pick up in that situation.
2: Mm. All right. Uh, if you want to send a text message, I know we're getting more calls. Eight one eight zero seven. I tell you what, uh, Andrew. Uh, called in from uh, Becker with a question. Thanks for waiting, Andrew. What's your question?
4: Thanks for taking my call. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a longtime listener of the show and love it. Um, And upon hearing last summer about the shortage of slab-on-grade homes, my brother and I actually purchased some land up in Becker, Minnesota, which is near St. Cloud, on a golf course. It's a little over an acre lot. Um, We built a slab-on-grade home about 1,800 square feet. It has three bedrooms, three baths. Um, we thought it would go like like wildfire. We we put heated floor in there, heated floor in the garage, um, cold storage above the garage, and it's last four months it's just been sitting. Mm. I'm wondering if there's any ideas or suggestions that you have that could get this thing sold sooner.
3: You know, I tell you what, there's um, you know when it, when you look at like uh, a property that might be a little farther out. Um, Chris, we were talking about this earlier, about how when people are moving right now, the average move is, you said, less than eight miles?
4: Yeah, eight miles is the median that they move. And when you get over 25 miles, it goes down to 6% or something like that. Mm -hmm. So my guess is, sounds like a beautiful property and good thoughts that he had, but you just don't have a lot of people out in that area that are willing to drive. So if indeed you're a retiree and you want a property like that, Mm -hmm. Now you have to think about where do my kids live right. and can I go to their sports things or can I go to their dance recitals or their plays or whatever it is. And if I have to drive in from too far out, mm-hmm. then it gets to be an inconvenience as well. Well,
3: and I think, too, you know, it's not fair to compare Becker to the Twin Cities market. It, it Becker is a probably uh, second, third, fourth, even fourth tier, fifth, yeah. fourth or fifth tier. I mean, you're almost into the St. Cloud market when you right. go that way. So a couple things, food for thought, If if I were to inspire you with some ideas, I would stick to the local market there. You're probably going to find somebody within the Becker market, the Big Lake market, or even the St. Cloud market that would like to be on the golf course. Right. This time of the year, golf courses are a harder sell because the, you know, they're not hitting the ball in the backyard right now. So I think that come spring, you uh, those open houses and having the little uh, for sale sign out on the golf course is beneficial. I had a couple years ago, I had another builder that I was working with, and actually we sold three houses up on that same golf course. And we were offering a lot of square footage for very, very, very little money. We were in the low 300s, and it took us almost six months to get those properties sold. So I feel your pain. Um, You have to work very hard and and for a little longer to get those properties sold up a little farther.
2: All right, Andrew, thank you. Good luck. Thanks for the call. Uh, Bill in Red Wing is calling in with a question. Go ahead, Bill, we're listening. Yeah, we we have some property uh, that we can subdivide down in Red Wing. And I know last year, uh, the, with the tax law, if you sold one of the parcel, sold a parcel, you have to sell the other within two years to avoid capital gains. I uh, wonder if that has changed at all.
3: And you're uh, talking about, Bill, that being a primary residence of yours?
2: It is our primary residence, but we can subdivide it. Uh,
0: yeah, w- yes, with that, um, if you have your your home, your principal residence, And, again, it's a larger piece of land. You could uh, carve off a piece of that property um, and sell that. And if you sell your main home within two years of selling the property, so I've got five acres, I sell two and a half acres, um, and then I sell my home within a year, you can combine the two sales into the principal residence sale exclusion of up to $500,000 if you're a married couple. And... As far as I know, that did not get removed in the new tax bill. So that exclusion is still available um, if that's the situation you have.
3: That sounds like good news for him.
0: Potentially could be great news for him. Yeah. Yeah. 651-989-9226. Text uh, number
2: is 81807. All right, here's one that came in a bit ago. Why aren't people just buying one house and staying with it as they move up in career instead of moving and investing? you could pay it off before 50. Well, as a real estate agent, I, how would you respond to that?
3: Well, part part of our industry is, is built on ego. And I think that what happens, unfortunately, I mean, and we all kind of chuckle about that, but you get to a certain point in life where you, you, you know, just like I, I jokingly say, well, geez, you get used to having that heated steering wheel in that car. And by gosh, your next car is going to have a heated steering wheel too. So, you get to that lifestyle and that um, compromising that is, is hard to do for a lot of people, even though it, it's practical and it makes sense. Um, I think the downsizing, not only, um, you know, when you get to that point, if, if you bought a house that's appropriate and you were stretched at the seams for a few years and the kids were there, by the time the kids move out, you're probably back to the right sized house again. And what they're saying is very logical and smart. Yeah. It's just that that puts us all out of business here in the...
2: At the table, so. right. You use the word practice. practice.
3: Yeah, no, and I'm joking. I'm kind yeah, of joking about it. But, you know, that doesn't happen. Most people say, hey, let's get all, you know, we're doing well now. Let's get everybody a bedroom and let's, you know, put the sport court on the house so the kids hang out at our house. And that that's their prerogative because I think right. that, you know, that may be a source of stress relief for a lot of people, too. And I know that, you know, Chris, at the association, we've seen housing types completely change over the years. I mean. For sure.
4: We continue to see housing types change. And a big piece of it is depends upon the school district. So they may have purchased the first school, first home in one area, but now as they have kids, they That's want those right. kids to go to other areas to have access to other school districts that are out there. Mm-hmm. And it can be a spouse's job or a significant other's job that forces them to move to another area a lot of and then when they do make the move, they decide to buy a bigger home or a different home that's right? more luxurious. Well, I
3: remember, Danny, back when we were going through the, the, what do they call it, the job counselor at the old high school and they said, you t- you at your age should be prepared to switch jobs six times, major career changes in your in your lifetime. You, not like your grandpa or your dad, you're not going to work at the same place for 50 years and retire. You're going to go from real estate to selling cars to whatever. And, and they were like serious. And they so I think the generations growing up are even seeing that even more. They they maybe even are expecting more than that. So oh, yeah. I don't know. The world's changing. Well,
4: the anticipation is, is that most young people, as they get older, may not ever hold a single job but will work for a multiple number of employers at the same time using their time in that way. So the employer may need two hours of work, and they'll supply the two hours and such. So, wow. uh, it's a very interesting world.
2: <laughs> My goodness. Uh, tech, and I, I know you guys get this uh, often. Would you tell me the average real estate broker commission, and are they negotiable?
3: Let's go to the Minnesota Realtors Association for that answer. <laughs>
4: Sure. They can't. There isn't a, there isn't an average. It depends on the different firm and nobody can discuss it. It's antitrust law to get into that. The association doesn't track it. And instead you have to sit down with the brokerage firm and ask the brokerage what they do for the services and why they charge that fee. And there is a range of different services in the marketplace.
3: Yeah, it was interesting, Denny. I was just out at a, an international conference where we had people from all over the, the, the world, literally real estate agents. And they were like up in Canada, they were charging seven percent on the first one hundred thousand dollars a house, and then they would charge a percentage above that, but their average sale price was one point eight million so it was it was it they do different formulas everywhere in Minnesota. I think what I call the rack rate, if you will or the the is about seven percent is what I see as an average that 's my observation, nobody else 's um, and then what happens is there 's discounts beyond that so there 's you see people out there offering everything from four and a half all the way up to six. But, you know, you made a great point, Chris, is that sit them down and ask them, what is the marketing plan? And, and don't kid yourself. Look at that marketing plan. Is it going to cost that agent something to produce that marketing plan? Is there professional, you know, photography, professional staging? Is there professional? And that might, they might have $6,000 worth the extras into that listing that another realtor does not have that adds value for you and will get you the price you want and get that house sold fast. So blow the smoke away and look at what am I getting for the money? And then you paying more in a percentage might be better for you in, in the end.
2: Just one one thing you've mentioned yourself, and we've t- talked about it on the show, what's changed over the last 20 years is photography. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is unbelievable. The quality nowadays is phenomenal.
4: We get lots of people that call in and ask that same question to the association because they want to get a feel for it. Sure. And the fact is, is when you're a seller of a home, you're now an employer. You're hiring somebody. And a lot of people have never been employers. So mm-hmm. now they are looking at and saying, oh, this is what it is to be – Hiring people and they have to look at the services, what they're going to offer to them and why it is better to hire one person versus another's firm.
3: And I've sat there, Denny, where I've been across the kitchen table from a couple where they're saying, hey, this other group is going to list it for three and a half percent. And I said, wow. I said, "You you guys are getting ripped off. And they look at me like I'm crazy and I said, look what you're not getting. You guys are not being represented. That person, as soon as that contract is signed, is not going to be looking backwards. They're looking at their next deal because they're not making any money there. And I said, what happens is you put yourself in a vortex of failure. They don't promote it correctly. Now you've got days on market. Now you have nobody, you know, it just, it's, if you're going to sell your house, just like if you do anything else that requires professional services, ask what you're getting for the fee and then make sense to yourself, you know, because it's, if it's five and a half or six and a half, you're not paying too much. There's not... It'd be one thing if everybody was regulated to produce the same amount of services then then the concept of shopping fees makes sense. but if they don't do that and there's variations on the fees provided it's it's a it's a you know a guessing game until they tell you
2: all right, let's do this. let's take our break as usual. invite our listeners to join in if you have a real estate question by phone 651-989-9226. If it's easier, we'll pick up on more text messages, too. That number is 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring
3: radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey,
2: good morning. Welcome back to this portion of The Real Estate Show. If you have a question, we still have time for yours. Have a few minutes left. Uh, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Uh, speaking of that, guys, I think there's uh, something important here we should mention, and I thank the listener for bringing it to, to our attention. It's important to note, because we we're talking about the tax change, mm-hmm. it's important to note that the tax changes discussed do not apply to tax returns being prepared now. They will be in effect for tax returns prepared a year from now.
3: Right. Well, you guys saw the articles in the paper about the rush of people going down to Hennepin County, yeah. and they prepaid like $6 million in property taxes in an effort to get them deductible. Is it, Chris, talk about that a little bit here. Is that is yeah. that so, a legal process? Is that okay or not?
0: Yeah. So so what every, uh, let me just step back to, to Denny's point real quick about, yes, yeah, so all the, the, the tax law changes are for 2018. 2017, the rules are basically the same. There there was a little provision in there for some changes in depreciation for businesses, but uh, by and far, the changes for 2017 were were very minimal, not really anything, Mm -hmm. Um, and everything was effective going forward. Um, The the real estate tax, prepaying the real estate taxes, people did that because kind of when I talked about it before, going forward for 2018 and going forward, you're limited to a total of $10,000 of real estate tax plus state income tax deduction. To get to that itemized deduction amount. Mm -hmm. And so those two combined, you can't take more than $10,000. So people were prepaying the real estate taxes. They were actually 2017 real estate taxes that are payable in 2018. So they were paying them in 2017 to to get the deduction on their 2017 tax return because the deduction follows when you actually pay the bill. Taxpayers are cash basis. So I get the deduction when I actually make the payment on my individual tax return. So that's why they we're trying to prepay them before December 31st.
3: Smart. So, you know, you look at that and and so going forward, I think that one of the things that we always try to be is we're trying to be proactive, right? We're trying to make sure that consumers listening that, you know, you hear it on the news there was tax changes, but sometimes, you know, when you hear about them on the front end, you can make the right adjustments to your game plan throughout the year to make sure that those, you know, rules and regulations work for you. So, uh, we always say we always suggest seek your tax advice from your from your accountant and or your attorney. And, uh, but if somebody does not have that expert, and, and obviously you sound like you know what you're talking about, how do we get a hold of you guys?
0: Uh, yeah, you can give us a call um, at our firm, MFK & Associates, uh, Mavis & Flagler Um Our phone number is 952-541-1996.
3: Yeah, that, uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Scott. That is one of their associates down there, which is one of my favorite humans. This guy is so funny. He's a stand-up comedian. He actually has some pretty good... Ties yeah, with uh with some of the, the well known names locally here in, Yeah, and, no he's
0: he's fantastic. Does a great job. Yeah. It's uh it you don't see uh stand up comedians at our accountants very often. So. You don't. And
3: and what's funny is that we had uh we had one of our marketing networking events a couple years back. And he actually stood up, and, and I didn't know he was going to do this, and actually gave a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but he, he gave one of his shows for about 20 minutes, and yep. he had everybody rolling on the floor. They were laughing so hard. It was fantastic. When
2: he so, used to come in here, he kind of would try us out to, to try his bits out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like going to the Catskill. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. So,
3: so MFK and Associates, great, great resource, great resource for you guys that are listening if you're looking for any advice or just good, good old-fashioned accounting, um, yeah. business, personal, whatever.
0: Yeah, and if, if people have questions, we'd. Be more than happy to help them out with answering those questions.
3: Great, Chris Gallard, um, We were we were talking too about how you know the real estate association has such a push on a on a legislative and, and kind of at a you know just trying to protect homeowners. And what what are you seeing coming in the future here that that they're looking out for? Are they or is the association kind of taking a break because that was a big push this fall?
4: Yeah, no, we had a, it was a big push. But coming into the session this year, we've got another big push. Uh, tax conformity will be the issue. Will Minnesota conform with all of the new rules at the federal level? which makes it real easy for homeowners to fill it out if they do. If they don't, then we may have a whole separate way to fill out taxes, which is mm. good for Chris's business, um, but bad for people that were looking for simplification. So we'll be working very intently on that and trying to make sure that things that are in the, in the legislation are favorable to homeowners as we do year after year. And we do a housing day at the Capitol for a lot of realtors yeah. that they'll participate in. And we work with the Housing First uh, Builders Association of the Twin Cities for that. And we'll bring in almost a thousand people down to the Capitol that are just focused on homeowners issues and trying to make it easier to transact. So and that,
3: that's for the real estate agents that are listening. Because we have, yep. a, we, Danny, we have a lot of, yeah. you've talked about this before. We have a ton of real estate agents in the industry that listen to the show. And so that day uh, at the Capitol, I mean, kind of talk a little bit about, get us excited about it. because sure. w- and, and how do I find the information second?
4: Uh, the Key, key way to find their information is at uh, mnrealtor.com, so minnesotashortrealtor.com. They can link to it there, and we'll talk about the legislative initiatives we have and the builders have because we're private housing. That's what we focus on, trying to make sure people can get into home ownership. And then we'll have a rough overview of the issues there. We'll take buses up to the Capitol. We've got appointments set with legislators across the state, come back, and we've got Charlie Cook, who's a political um, correspondent from Washington, D.C., coming mm-hmm. in to talk about kind of the political atmosphere in Minnesota. Minnesota is going to be a lead state this fall when the elections come forward mm-hmm. because of the Franken and, and uh, seat coming available.
3: And so with, with the listeners that are out there, I think everybody's always been curious. That, you know, what would it be like to be a real estate agent? So what, what do you think? I mean, as we all chuckle, it's, it's terrible. Don't do it. Now, <laughs> if you're interested in real estate, getting into the real estate business, talk just, how do we do that? What's the process? What should we look out for, you know? and
4: Good. Well, the first process is is to look at your finances and you're gonna and you're gonna need about six months worth of dollars probably to get yourself set and that'll get you through school paying the dollars that'll take to go to school taking a test and then finding a brokerage firm that you're comfortable with so go and talk to a number of brokerage firms and say what do you offer how can I make sure I'm gonna be successful in the business it's not all about the money at that point in your career you're in the training phase you wanna make sure mm-hmm. you can get trained well so that you can be successful in the business and then once you pass the license and gone through the classes They'll issue you a license, you're ready to go into the field and take some training on how to actually work in the marketplace. And it's a lot more complicated than people think, as, as both of yeah. you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult business, and it, the success rate isn't wonderful. Uh, we wish it was higher, but it well, is Well, I think a lot of
3: people, Denny, enter the industry thinking, as salespeople, that I'm just going to go out there and sell stuff. Yeah, You have to think more like a business owner, and you have to invest in yourself, you have to educate yourself, you have to affiliate yourself with people that are true mentors, that are actually guiding you in the industry, and If you can find that and get into the business, the success rate is fantastic yep so it and that's what i i I'm a big proponent of running it like a business, a true business you know that's and, the key
4: uh, it's a It's a business, so you have to think about what can I do to want people to use my service to help them buy or sell a house. It's not about you know going and looking at houses and saying this is a bathroom and this is a kitchen. People already know that <laughs> we we don't
3: need professional door openers, as I call it. They can figure out lock boxes and, on their
2: own. And it's much more, I know we have to run. them, It's much more than selling widgets because sometimes, among other things, you're like a marriage counselor. You're 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 a lot of you wear a lot of different hats during the process. I, you betcha for sure. Uh, how do we get a hold of you guys now?
3: Well, you know, uh, Chris Rooney is uh, Chris dot com, and uh, you know he's the luxury home lakeshore specialist guy. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, all over the north and northwest, do new construction, existing homes, and you can go to Prasky. That's P R A S K Y dot com. And, or if you have any questions, or the nosy neighbor, MFK and Associates, how do we get a hold of you guys?
0: 952 541 1996, or our website, uh, mfkcpa.com.
2: Got to run. See you guys uh, next week here on 830 WCC. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time
1: your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay.
4: Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. Details. T-Mobile
0: prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.